0: Man, If you have your Bibles, go ahead and open to to Matthew chapter number 18. And uh, as you're doing that, I just want to say, if you've not received a bulletin, you'll have in the bulletin the notes for the message this morning. So if you've not... uh received one of those, just raise your hand and the ushers will uh, see that hand and get you a bulletin right away. In the bulletin, of course, you'll see some of the announcements that we'll talk about at the end of the service, but you'll also find there the notes uh, for the message this morning, and it's just a way in which you can follow along as we study God's Word together and hopefully take a time to grow, uh, especially in this new series of I Can is the title of the new series, and. We said last week that the world looks at the Christian life and says you can't. But God wants us to look at the Christian life and say, I can. And we we learned in Philippians 4.13, it says, I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And so this morning we want to continue learning and growing in what it is that we can do as Christians. And hopefully uh, this passage of Matthew 18 uh, will be a time of growth as we study it and a time in which uh, we can draw near to our Lord uh, in His Word. So uh, Matthew chapter number 18. And we're going to start in verse number 21, Matthew chapter 18, verse number 21. And we're going to read from verse 21 all the way down to verse number 35 this morning. Matthew 18, 21 to 35. It says, Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Till seven times? Jesus saith unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times but until seventy times seven. Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him which owed him ten thousand talents. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold, and his wife, and children, and all that he had and payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion, and loosed him, and forgave him the debt. But the same servant went out, and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. And he laid hands on him, and took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry, and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt, because thou desirest me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth, and delivered him to the tormentors till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. Let's pray. Father, this morning as we study this passage, we realize that what it teaches and what it calls for is something beyond our own doing. Father, we realize that when it comes to the area of forgiveness in our life, it is something that in our own human nature it is impossible for us to do. Yet, Father, your word teaches us that we can do all things through Christ. And, Father, as we study this passage in which Christ teaches his disciples about what forgiveness is and what forgiveness does, I pray that we would be able to understand these truths and then apply them into our hearts and into our lives. Oh, Father, I pray that you would help us to realize how important it is to understand that as Christians, we can. We can forgive. And Father, I pray that as we study your word this morning, that first of all, you would fill me with your spirit, that I would be able to Preach with the fullness of your spirit that I might communicate your truth clearly this morning. And then I pray that your spirit would speak to our hearts and begin to speak to us in this area. If there's an area in our life or a person that needs forgiveness, I pray that we would be enlightened by your Holy Spirit to what that need is and that we would meet that need through your power. And that, Father, at the end, we can say we can through Christ. So, Father, I pray you speak to us this morning as we get into your word. And I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, perhaps the most difficult thing to do in your Christian life is to forgive someone else. Forgiveness is something so difficult that, as I said before, in our own human nature, we cannot do it. In fact, it is so difficult that without Christ, really, true forgiveness is not possible. Forgiveness is so difficult because it goes against every fiber of our being. It's something that naturally we don't like to do. We don't like to ask for forgiveness. We don't like to give forgiveness. It's something that is just totally against who we are. Yet forgiveness is one of the bedrock foundations of the Christian life. I dare say that without forgiveness being in existence or a reality, there is no Christianity today. In fact, your salvation is based on this idea of forgiveness, this truth that forgiveness is something that is real. But can I say that the question this morning that we want to answer in this passage isn't, is forgiveness real, does forgiveness exist, but rather, am I able to forgive? When you study Matthew chapter 18, you'll find that Jesus is teaching his disciples and he's teaching them about various truths. And when you get to verse number 18, you find that Jesus explains what to do when someone has offended you. And he talks a little bit about how you go to that person and you, and you ask for that forgiveness and you give that forgiveness to that person. And he says, if they won't hear you, then take two or three, that in the mouth of two or three witness, uh, witnesses, all things might be established. And then they say, if he doesn't uh, respond to that, then take it before the church. And so Jesus had just finished talking about what to do when an offense has come and what to do when someone's uh, offended you, how you're supposed to forgive. But then, upon hearing that teaching, Peter begins to think, and we start our study there in verse 21 with Peter's question. He says, "Uh, Jesus, I know you just taught about forgiving, but how do I do that? How many times? I understand what to do when that happens, but how many times do I need to do that? He said, do I need to do it three times or up to seven times? Now, the reason he asked for seven times was a very gracious thing to do in Peter's position. In fact, the religious people of Peter's day said that if you were going to forgive somebody, three times is all you had to do. That was the most. So if they offended you, you forgave them. They offend you again, you forgive them again. They offend you one more time, the third time is the last straw. Okay, you're going to forgive them now. But if they ever think about doing that again, it's over. You don't have to forgive them. You can hold on to that and you can can make them accountable to what they did and not have to forgive them. So when Peter asked, do I have to do this up to seven times, Lord? He's being very gracious. That's more than twice the amount that was taught that you had to give. So Peter's thinking that Jesus is probably going to compliment him and tell him, wow, Peter, you're you're a really gracious guy. I mean, to do that up to seven times just tells me that your heart is unbelievable, Peter. You really love people. But instead of hearing that from Jesus, you know what Peter hears? He said, I'm telling you, you don't do it seven times. You do it 70 times seven times. In other words, 490 times is the times that you need to forgive someone. Now, if you say, man, that's a little bit surprising, let me tell you, it was very surprising to Peter as well. (laughs) To forgive that many times, it's just mind-boggling. You know, I, I heard of a, of a married couple that had been married for 15 years, and they begin to have some arguments that weren't really usual for a married couple, and, and they decided, you know, how, how are we going to get through this time in our marriage? How are we going to be able to, uh, you know, love each other and stay together? So they came up with this idea, at least the wife did. She says, we're going to have a, it's your fault box. And anytime something happens that is your fault, we're going to write down what the fault was. We'll put it in the box. At the end of the month, we'll share uh, what it was and and try to correct that just so we can, you know, find a way to stay together and and keep our our marriage loving one another. And so sure enough, um, throughout that month, uh, the wife was very diligent in what she was doing. And, you know, she saw things like uh, he left the top of the jelly, uh, the jar of the jelly uh, off the off the, uh, off the cup, so put that in there, put it in. And then she went to the restroom there in the master bedroom, and she was like, oh, wet towels left on the floor. And she put it on a piece of paper, put it in the fault box, and uh, you know, went on and on that way. Oh, dirty socks, not in the hamper. She wrote it down, put it uh, there in the box, and on and on she did that. And of course, the husband was trying to do the same. And so at the end of the month, after their dinner, uh, they decide, "Let's go ahead and get the uh, fault box out." And here's yours, and and give me mine. And so the husband opened his and began to read, and of course was pondering upon what she had written and how he could do better. And then the wife opened hers, but on all of the slips on hers, the same thing was written: "I fell in love with you." <laughs> Now, sometimes forgiveness isn't the easiest thing to do, even in a married couple, all right? Even when you love someone so much, it's still hard to forgive. Yet Jesus says, as a Christian, we are to forgive not once, not twice, but a multitude of times. Now, The 490 times doesn't mean that Jesus is counting, that we should count how many times we are doing it. It's an exaggerated number to say, as many times as someone offends you, you ought to be ready to forgive them. Now I want you to notice as we study the story that Jesus now tells Peter to explain this, forgiving somebody 490 times, I want you to notice that as we study this, that Jesus is talking about forgiveness, Some people like to take this passage and take it all out of context and think that Jesus is talking about salvation and how we have to earn salvation by doing enough good deeds so that God loves us enough and he accepts us. But that's not what he's talking about. Jesus is giving this illustration, this story, simply for the fact that he wants to illustrate to Peter, how is it that you are to forgive someone up to 490 times? So this morning, as we study this story in this passage, I just want to share just three important truths that you need to know and I need to know as Christians regarding forgiveness for others. I want you to notice, first of all, the people needing forgiveness. As Jesus tells Peter that we need to forgive 490 times, he starts with this story. And there in verse number 23, he says, "...the kingdom of heaven is likened unto a certain king which would take account of his servants." And he says, this king who's taking accounts of his servants begins to go through the accounts and he finds this servant that owes him 10,000 talents. Now, just to give you an idea, a a talent uh, was a lot of money. All right. In fact, it was probably what someone would make uh, some scholars believe in one year. Uh, So if somebody in here makes $50,000 a year, talent was run around there, whatever the medium uh, income was at that time, that's basically a talent. So he owed the king 10,000 talents. Now, if he lived for 10,000 years, then maybe he could pay it back. But the fact of the matter is that none of us live for 10,000 years. In fact, the oldest man to ever live on this earth was 969 years old. So he would have been short trying to pay back that kind of debt. And Jesus is illustrating that this king uh, had a, a servant that owed him so much that this servant would never be able to pay. In fact... He shows the fact that uh, this servant was going to uh, not be able to pay, not only in his whole lifetime, but even if he sold everything he had, sold his kids and wife into his labor, he would not be able to pay it back. So the first person that you find needing forgiveness is the offender. In this story, the first thing that Jesus highlights is this servant. He said, listen, he had a debt, that he could not get forgiven. He could not get pardoned. There's nothing that this person could do, this servant could do, to ever pay back what he owed. You know, as soon as a person offends someone, they are in need of forgiveness. If there's ever been a time where you have offended someone in your life by what you said or by what you did, let me tell you something. You are in need, a person now in need of forgiveness. This servant had a huge debt. He couldn't pay it back. It was so big that even if the king sold his wife and his children into slavery for the rest of their life, and everything they made while a slave goes to the debt, they still wouldn't be able to pay it. He says, I want you to understand that the person that needs forgiveness is the person who has offended someone else. The only thing that this servant could think to do when he was in that position of saying, man, I have a debt that I cannot pay. The only thing that came to his mind was, I need to stop and beg. I'm going to stop and beg for mercy. And so he goes to the king, it says, and he fell down and he told him, King, if you'll just be patient with me, I'll pay thee all. Now the fact of the matter is, even if the king was patient with him, there's no way that he could pay it all. Basically what the servant was saying is, I need your mercy, king, if I'm going to, have, if I'm going to, if I'm going to be able to pay this debt. There's no way, king, I can do it other than you just having some mercy on me. And it's interesting that the king says, when he looked at him, he had compassion. He had pity for him. He had mercy on him. And he says, you know what? I'm going to cancel all your debt. You're not going to have to repay anything. The servant, all he did was beg and ask that this king would be patient with him. And the king moved with compassion, begins to forgive him. Notice in verse 26 and 27, it says, A servant therefore fell down, worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me, I will pay thee all. The Lord of that servant was moved with compassion, and he loosed him and forgave him the debt. Right here we find that Jesus is highlighting this fact. Peter, when someone, when you have offended someone, let me tell you something, you're in need of forgiveness. I remember a Sunday school teacher that I had heard of was teaching this about forgiveness to her class, and it was just a third grade class. and And as uh, she was teaching the class, at the end, she she just to make sure that the kids had learned the the lesson, she said, "Now, what do you have to do in order uh, to give uh, forgive or to get forgiveness for from someone? What is it that you have to do before you can obtain that forgiveness for that sin you committed?" and and everyone was quiet for a second, and then finally a little hand in the back got up. He said, Teacher, you've got to sin first. And he's absolutely right. The moment we sin against somebody, you and I are in need of forgiveness. We see that this a servant is an offender needing forgiveness. But I want you to notice something else. Because it's real interesting to me that Jesus didn't just stop the story here. I think if he would have stopped the story here, I think we all would have gotten the point. Yeah, yeah, listen, Uh, sometimes whenever we offend somebody, it creates a debt that we can never repay. And uh, so I need forgiveness from that debt. Anytime you and I uh, do something against our husband, against our wife, against our children, we have created a debt against them that we can never repay. We need forgiveness. We need their forgiveness. And the story could have stopped there, and that would have made the point pretty clear. But you'll find that Jesus continued with the story. In fact, Jesus said, then, then, in verse number 28, this famed servant, he went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. And he laid hands on him and took him by the throat, saying, pay me that thou owest. Now, this servant that has been forgiven goes and finds someone that owes him. And he grabs him by the throat. I mean, notice the action, the aggressiveness of this servant. Grabs him by the throat and says, you owe me, now you've got to pay me up. Now you say, well, what's the point of that? What's the point in continuing the story? It's this. The person that needs forgiveness isn't only the offender, but the one that is offended. You see, that servant was an offender to the king. But now he was also one that had been offended against. And now the offense against him was 100, penny, uh, 100 pence. All right? That was like maybe a third of someone's income in a year. All right. Think about it. A debt worth 10,000 years at least of service compared to one that was a third of a year of service. But he's going to that other servant. He's grabbed by the throat and he says, now you owe me. Now it's time to pay me. I want to drive this thought into our minds this morning. Jesus is pointing out that forgiveness is needed from the offended just as much as the one that did the offending. Jesus is saying, it's so important, forgiveness is so important, that it's not something that you just need when you've done something wrong, it's something you need when someone has done you wrong. Now you say, why is it that way? (laughs) Why is it That forgiveness is so important if I've done something wrong and if someone has done it to me. I can understand if I've done somebody wrong, okay, I need forgiveness. But if they've done me wrong, why do I need forgiveness? Why is it something that is needed in my life today? Well, that's what we want to see, the second truth that Jesus points out. The first one is people need forgiveness. Well, what people? People that have offended others and people who have been offended. And let me tell you something. Everybody in this room comes under one of those two categories. You might be so good that you say, I've never offended anyone that bad. Okay, but someone's probably offended you, so you still need forgiveness. And some might realize, you know what, I'm really not as great of a person as I think I am. There's been plenty of people that I have offended. Good. You need forgiveness. But why? Well, Jesus then explains the point of forgiveness. You see, forgiveness is so necessary for both the offender and the offended because of what it does for a person. You see, forgiveness helps you as someone who has offended, but it also helps you as someone who has been offended. You see, the Greek word for forgiveness is the Greek word alphamai. Alpha, 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 and it literally means to let go or to release. Forgiveness means to let go or to release. And let me tell you, this is the point of forgiveness. The point of forgiveness is to let go or release that fault, that sin. It is to let go or to release. Now, I want you to notice, first of all, what it does for the offender. When the offender receives forgiveness, that letting go, that release meant, listen, he is free from the burden of, that he has. That first servant that owed the king. When he received forgiveness. He found that the burden wasn't so heavy anymore. Man I don't know how he got 10,000 talents in debt. But I can imagine it was probably something like this. I'm sure when he got to about one talent of debt. He thought how am I going to pay this? How am I gonna, what am I going to do? And so he thinks well maybe what I can do is I can borrow one talent. And I'll pay this. Uh, person one talent, and then I'll owe the other person, but they're going to give me a better interest rate, and it's going to be a lot smaller, and the debt's going to be a lot better and easier to pay. I'm going to do that, and then when he got to two talents, he said, well, well, maybe somebody else will let me borrow, and then he got to three talents, and on and on and on, until finally, I'm sure the king was the one that lent him that money to pay off all his other creditors, because they're all calling him. They're all telling him, hey man, you owe me. Hey, you owe me. Hey, you owe me. And he said, man, if I'm going to owe anybody, I guess I'll just owe this king. <laughs> and before long, 10,000 talents, he is in debt. Oh, but the time that that king, the words that he said, listen, I'm going to lose you. I'm going to forgive you. I'm going to release you from this debt. Suddenly, his burden is taken off of him. It reminds me of the story of Pilgrim Progress you've never read this story, it's, it's, it's the second most, by the way, uh, published book after the Bible. It's been translated in over 500 languages. It's an amazing book. If you've never read it, I encourage you to read it. But the main character, the protagonist there, his name is Christian. And throughout the first few chapters of the book, Christian has this heavy load on his back, and and he's trying to escape the city of destruction, and he's asking people as he goes on this path away from the city of destruction, he said, "I, I want to get to where this burden is not so heavy upon me. And finally, on the path that he is taking, he comes to a place where there's a cross, And at the cross, he comes down on his knees and he asks for the forgiveness that he has. And when the forgiveness is given unto him, you'll read in the story that that heavy weight and burden that was on his back suddenly is released and it rolls away. You know, that's what happens when you receive forgiveness from someone. You feel that burden just rolled away. I don't know if you've ever had a Opportunity where you've offended someone to ask for forgiveness. But it's amazing what those words, I'm sorry, will you forgive me, can do. It's amazing what it can do for a husband who's offended his wife or a wife that's offended his or her husband. It's amazing what it can do for brothers and sisters. It's amazing what it will do with co workers. It's amazing what it will do for the offender if he can just find forgiveness. It's a very popular humanist that on their deathbed they said, you know, I envy Christians because they have someone that will forgive them. And can I say it's so important for us to understand that when we have offended someone, we need that forgiveness. Why? Because it frees us from that burden. And let me say it is that reality that as a Christian you can experience. As I said, forgiveness apart from God really can never truly be experienced. But real forgiveness from God saying, I forgive you for your sin. You'll find that the weight of sin on your back is rolled away forever. In fact, Jesus, the Bible says there in the Psalms, he says, As far as the east is from the west, that's how far I've put your sin away from me. And I will remember them no more. You know what that is? That is forgiveness from that sin. It's being released from that weight and that bondage and that burden that sin brings in the life of an offender. And we find that when you have forgiveness as an offender, you, you find there's freedom from the burden in your life. I think of Joseph's life in Genesis chapter 50. It's amazing how he was able to release his brothers that had treated him so badly and so poorly and so unmercifully, and he forgave them. But then when their dad died, it says there in verse number 15 that they told one of their servants, okay, now go to Joseph and tell him, before your dad died, he said that you need to forgive us. The Bible says it's interesting that Joseph began to weep. You know what I think he wept about? He wept that his brothers for so long, for so many years, were still living under a burden of, did Joseph really forgive me? When Joseph said, I forgave you. You don't need to carry that along with you. That burden doesn't need to weigh you down. Forgiveness means to be released from that burden. And it's the same thing that can happen for you and me this morning. Do you know that sin puts a burden on us that we can never repay? Sin puts a burden in our life that we can never give to God. We can never do enough for God to ever repay that burden. There's not enough good works that you and I could ever do to repay our sin debt to God. But God says that he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins if we confess our sins. You see, the whole reason that Jesus came and died on a cross was to give you and I forgiveness. It was to release us from that bondage and that burden of sin in our life. And you might be here this morning, and you've never received that freedom. You've never had the burden of sin on your back released. Well, today you can make that decision. Today, you can know what forgiveness is all about through Jesus Christ. You see, because the life of the Christian is, I can forgive. I can do all things through Christ. You see, Christ gave me the forgiveness that I needed. When I offended God, God's forgiveness reached me. You see, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God wants you and I to turn away from our sin and ask him for the forgiveness of our sin. Why? So that we might experience that freedom from that burden. You say for the offender, forgiveness brings freedom from a burden and from a weight. But you say, but what about the offended? What about someone that has been offended? What if someone uh, like this servant has someone owing them a 100 pence? Uh, Maybe it's not as big as what I owed God, but they they offended me. You know what forgiveness does for you when you've been offended? It frees you from imprisonment. It frees you from the captivity that comes with holding on to that fault. It's interesting in the story that when this servant doesn't want to forgive that person for what they did to him for what they owed him you'll find that the king hears about it and the first thing the king does is says go and get him and cast him to the tormentors in other words when you hold on to something without getting that forgiveness it just keeps you captive and you know there's a lot of people that are staying captive because they don't want forgiveness in their life they they can 't look at someone uh, with the right kind of look and they can 't do anything for that person because that offense is so big that they just can 't let it go. They imprison themselves maybe not literally today maybe they 're not behind bars today, but let me tell you something spiritually and in life itself on that on that spiritual side they 're imprisoned, and they can 't find freedom because Freedom can only come through forgiveness. See, Jesus was teaching this truth. He was saying, you know, servant, you had a great big debt that I forgave you. And then he says, shouldn't you have done the same for someone else? They didn't owe you even half of what you owed me, not even 10% of what you owed me, not even 1%. Couldn't you have had compassion You know what we learn about this servant? He was forgiven but unwilling to forgive. You know, a Christian that's not willing to forgive others is just like that servant. You're spiritually imprisoned. You're held captive. And God says, you got to let it go. You see, if you just forgive that person, you'll be free from that. You'll be free from anger. You'll be free from bitterness. You'll be free from what is keeping you down in your life. If simply you can come to a place where you say, I have forgiveness. You see, when we cannot forgive others, we become prisoners of our own making. That's why it's so important. Whether you're the one that has offended someone else or you're the one that someone has offended. Jesus says you need to forgive them. You need to be released yourself from that prison that you make. That's why Jesus in Mark 11, 30 notes, he said, And when ye stand praying, forgive. If ye have ought against any, that your Father also which is in heaven may forgive you, your trespasses. But if ye do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive your trespasses. In other words, you'll never experience the freedom until you release somebody from their bondage. That's what forgiveness is all about. The point of forgiveness is this. I need to free this person. Not only do I need to free this person, I need to be free myself. And forgiveness gives the power for both to happen. Forgiveness allows that person that offended you to go free, to not have to carry that burden, but it also allows you to not be imprisoned and stayed captive and kept captive because of forgiveness. Now, how do we do this? Lastly, the last truth is the practice of forgiveness. You see, this wonderful passage not only tells us of the need of forgiveness, and the point of forgiveness, but also the practice of forgiveness. So here are the secrets to forgiving. I want you to notice, first of all, it begins when we realize God's forgiveness to us. The first thing that the king pointed out to that servant was this. Don't you remember all that I forgave you? Don't you know that you just asked me if I would be patient with you? You just asked me. You didn't do anything for it. You didn't give me $5 and say, will you be patient? I'll give you the rest later. You didn't give me a dime. You just got on your knees and you began to say, will you just be patient with me? And he said, and I forgave you all that debt. Usually when we can't forgive someone, it's because we're not realizing what we have been forgiven. You see, our offenses to God are more than all the offenses done to us by all the people combined in our life. What we did against God was something greater than what all our people have done to us, and it's not even close. Our offense to God was so great that we could never pay it back. Sometimes people offend us or people do something to us, and they actually can get close to paying it back. If they stole $20, they might be able to give $20 back and and bring restoration, but we never could with God. There is nothing that we could ever do to bring restoration. And when we as Christians realize what God has forgiven us, what he's released us of, it gives us the enablement to forgive others. Then we can say, I can forgive. But let me tell you something, to do this, it requires humility. If you're going to realize what God has done for you, it's going to require humility. You say humility is the ability to recognize who we are in our standing with God. It's not to think so much of ourselves as to think about what God sees when he sees me. Sometimes people think humility is someone being very shy or being very bashful. They they don't want to get on stage. They got stage fright. They want to talk in front of people. It's because they're very humble. You know, I have found that uh, some of the most quiet people are the most proud people I've met. Sometimes pride can also keep you shy and bashful. Humility doesn't always show itself in whether someone can speak or not. That's not what humility is and that's not where it comes from. Humility comes from the fact that I understand who I am before God. You study the life of Moses. The Bible says perhaps the most humble man to ever walk this earth. And you'll find that Moses over and over and over again had to remind himself of what God had done for him. Moses had to remember how God forgave him for murder in his life. How God had to forgive him for running away from his people when he should have been helping his people. We find that humility comes when we realize what God has done for us. You see, you might be here needing forgiveness and looking for God to give you that forgiveness. But you might think, I need to pay it back. I need to do something Let me remind you what Isaiah 64 6 says. It says that we all as an unclean thing and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags and we all do fade as a leaf and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. Isaiah reminded the people there's nothing you can do to repay God. All your good deeds are as filthy rags when God sees you. There is nothing that this servant can do for the king to pay it back. There is nothing that we can do for our king to pay him back. You see, someone else had to pay that debt. And that someone else was the Lord Jesus Christ. Someone has said he paid a debt he did not owe. I owed a debt I could not pay. I needed someone to wash my sins away. And now I sing a brand new song, Amazing Grace, the whole day long. Christ paid a debt that I could never pay. It's so important for you and I to understand this morning that forgiveness, the practice of it begins with a humble understanding of who I am. Do you remember the prodigal son? When he comes back to his father, he says, and the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. That son had to come to a point where he said, I need forgiveness in my life. I need it. How about you this morning? Have you come to a place where you have received that forgiveness from God? Someone wrote this, and I thought it was so fitting. He said, if our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer. But our greatest need was forgiveness. So God sent us a savior. So important this morning. The secret to forgiving others begins when we realize what God has done for us. Then I'll give you the second secret and it's this. Forgiveness ends when we truly show love for the other person. You see, this fellow servant missed that. This servant of the king who had been forgiven so much, he missed the truth that forgiveness really happens when I show that love for someone else. That same love that was shown to me is so important. The practice of forgiveness is not only letting go of the offense that was done, but loving them on top of that. It's going out and doing the same for others that was done for you by God. Now, to begin, we need humility. To end, let me tell you something, the secret is a heart job. You need God to work in your heart. You see, our hearts must truly be able to forgive if we're going to experience the liberating power of forgiveness. You cannot practice forgiveness without loving those That have offended you. I'll say that again. You cannot practice forgiveness. Without loving those. That have offended you. You see letting go requires you. Loving loving them. And this king loved that servant. That's why he forgave him. You'll notice there the word compassion. The Bible says the king looked on the servant. And had compassion on him. It was more than just saying how pitiful this poor servant's condition is. He's saying, I love this servant. And I will do what is required for this servant to be okay with me. He showed that love. You see, God never showed us forgiveness without first showing us love. John, 1 John 4 19, we love him because he first loved us. Jesus taught his disciples in Luke 6, Be ye therefore merciful, as your Father also is merciful. Judge not, and ye shall not be judged. Condemn not, and ye shall not be condemned. Forgive, and ye shall be forgiven. Over and over we find how Jesus said this is the secret to forgiving others. It's loving them. Realize what God has done for you, and then do the same for others. You see, you can do that. In 2009, just before Easter, there was a pastor by the name of Fred Winters. He was a pastor of First Baptist there in Maryville, Illinois. And that Sunday before Easter, a young man walked in and and in anger that could not be controlled took out a gun and began shooting. And in that shooting killed this pastor. The tragedy was so big, it came out on the news. Everybody saw it. Everybody heard about it. And the week after this tragedy, a a news uh, channel went to talk to the wife of Fred Winters. And it was interesting what she said. When asked about her husband's killer, she said, I have no hatred or even hard feelings towards him. In fact, we've been praying for him. One of the first things that my daughter said to me after this happened was, you know, I, th- I hope that he comes to learn to love Jesus through all of this. She said, we're not angry at all. And we really firmly believe that we can find hope and forgiveness and peace through this by coming to know Jesus. And we hope that that happens for him as well. You see, you can. If you recognize what God has done for you. And if you realize, if I can just love them, I can forgive them. But you don't know what they did to me. No, I don't. But I know what we did to God. And if He was willing to love us, then I think we're able to love others. You know, this morning, every Christian here can forgive. We know we need it. We know why we need it. And we know this morning that we must practice it. The challenge this morning to you is, if you're needing forgiveness, why not ask God today for it? And if there's someone that needs forgiveness from you, why not give it to them? Tony Evans, a pastor here in Dallas, Texas, said this. He says, most of us think forgiveness is a good idea until we have to give it. Forgiveness does not mean approving a wrong or excusing an evil. He said forgiveness isn't necessarily the reconciliation of a relationship. He said the Greek word forgiveness means to release. He said forgiveness is our choice. The challenge this morning is will you choose to forgive? How can I do that? Remember what God has done for you. Remember how God loved you. And then show that love to the one who has offended you. May God help us to remember I can forgive. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for your word. and Father, I thank you so much because it is in your word that we find this truth that we can forgive. Oh, Father, I, I know it's never an easy thing to do perhaps the most difficult thing to do in our Christian life. And yet, Father, it's something that you've enabled us to do. You've empowered us to do. And so, Father, I pray that as we as we ponder this message, as we think about what it means for us in our life, I pray that you will help us to apply it. Because there's somebody this week that We're either going to have to ask forgiveness from or give forgiveness to. Oh, but Father, we can't do it on our own. We need you. Oh, Father, I pray that you would empower us to do just that. And we find forgiveness and may we give forgiveness through Christ. We ask this in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. Amen.